Welcome to Real Nerds. I'm Ryan. To my right is... Oh, James. I'm on the right this time. To my left is... Brad. In front of me is my wife. Hi. I'm Maura. <laughs> oh, and we also have Matt sheesh. all the way from Colorado Springs, looking very dapper today. He does. He does. He he could be our Don Draper. Yeah, Don Draper's more interesting than Matt is. No offense, oh. Matt. Matt's just Don wow. Draper's. No, I I don't think so. By the way, well, um, Don Draper was in the Korean War. So it's, it's an awesome show. Don yeah. Draper. Yeah. D- oh, sorry, I was gonna. Anyway. So we uh, usually start with real news, but we have we're kind of you know bringing in new. It's a new segment. A new segment and stuff for the new year, and our new segment is box office performance for the week. Um, all our figures are pulled off Box Office Mojo. Um, you can also go to Media by Numbers if you really, if you wanted to see other numbers um, for it. But uh, last the correct week, numbers are on Box Office Mojo. Yeah, but but that's I mean that's Box Office Mojo's only job is to report <laughs> you know. Um, Grosses. Um, number one last week was a movie we did not see on purpose. It was Contraband. But um, funny thing about this movie, it made $28 million. That's pretty big in January. First week of January? I think so. Um, or I guess second week of January. Yeah. I mean, you know. But uh, this week also Underworld Awakening comes out. And so Kate Beckinsale could have back-to-back number one movies in back-to-back weeks. That's right, because she's in wow. Contraband. She, she's in Contraband. And what's the other... Isn't there a third movie that's coming out this week? Because there's Haywire, which we saw, and then uh, World Evolution. Red Tails. Red Tails. Red Tails. So it's I, as far as I'm concerned, it's a run between uh, Underworld and Red Tails. But yeah, I, I don't think, think Red, Red no, Tails I think, is going I think fall. Underworld will probably Yeah, win. probably. Maybe. We'll see. Um, though uh, We'll have a better idea um, later tonight when they pull all the numbers. Estimates. And then Beauty and the Beast 3D was number two with $22 million. So um, Disney... On a movie that's already made two hundred million dollars, four hundred million, <laughs> yeah, worldwide, oh. up converts it um, to three D, puts it in theater, and I mean, how much money do you think it actually cost Disney to remake the movie to three D? A couple million, a couple million, yeah. yeah. So they're probably already like twenty million in the black but on it. The question is whether or not it would have made more money if they'd released it in two D. Um, I, don't I know. would have totally wanted to go see that movie if it weren't in three D. It's because you're younger than us. Yeah. I guess that's true. But I mean, but I have it on Blu-ray. I don't think there's a reason for me to go to the theater and see it. Oh, see, I don't have it on Blu-ray. I read that uh, retailers are upset that uh, the 3D they have version. the 3D version in stores while the movie's out in theaters. The theaters are upset. They're upset, but, uh, but I'm reading yeah. here it's almost $9,000 per screen. That's pretty. Yeah. That's a pretty big average. Oh, yeah. You know, when Disney hands you that much money, I think you just say, oh, okay, that was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Um, number three was Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, which is... Um, and it's, what, fifth week? Oh, man. Fifth week, yeah. Well-deserved. $189 million so far. We ran into some people tonight who were going to see it. Yeah, we told them to go see it. They weren't sure what they should see. And, but we, and that's the movie they should go see. Yeah. It was definitely... Yeah, it's, it's cool that's you know still performing well. It means... I mean, it was a slow burn because, remember, it was released in IMAX only the first week, the week we right. saw it. And they... Paramount was right. They played the word of mouth game, and it spread, and it's a really successful movie yeah. because of it. I think it's at like some six hundred million dollars worldwide, so <laughs> they're making lots of money. And then jo- Joyful Noise is the next one with Dolly Parton and Queen Latifah. Oh man! Wow. Yeah. Ugh. You know what sucks is the trailer for that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Especially. Uh. No, she oh, doesn't. Oh, poor Dolly Part. I love Dolly Part. I read an article in Entertainment Weekly where they're interviewing both her and Queen Latifah, 
I hate uh, Queen Latifah. Uh, she was saying that the only way she would be in this movie is if she got to sing, keep her nails, and keep her boobs shown <laughs> or something. <laughs> I, no, like, I think she just meant... I think Dolly Parton just makes a lot of jokes about her boobs being big, mm-hmm. so she probably was just throwing one of those in there. Yeah, I'm sure she is. I, mean, she doesn't I don't think she me. was saying, I really want to wear a dress where I get to pour out of it. And uh, another... Hi, li- I'm in my 70s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is she in her 70s yet? I think she's... Maybe. I think maybe so. Maybe late 60s. I don't know. She does not look good for 70s. She <laughs> looks like somebody who looks... Who's just, just like, pasted together. Because she is. I love Dolly Parton. And uh, the last one is another one that's been on the top five for five weeks, and that's Sherlock Holmes, A Game of Shadows, hmm. which I, I think is one of my favorite movies from last year. So um, top 15. I think it was 15, if I remember <laughs> right. Um, yeah. But that was one that surprised me how fun it was. Um, so, yeah, all the movies in the top five, uh, except for Contraband and Joyful Noise. Hey, go see them. <laughs> I don't know. I can't say that I haven't seen Contraband. That's not very fair. Yeah. Um, but it, and it has really good actors in it. It really does. It's January. Like yeah. you, you have to, you have to grade everything on a different scale in January. Speaking we'll of get which, to that later. Um, we saw Haywire today. But before we talk about Haywire, it's real news time. It's real news. Yay! Yay! Real news. So, did you guys see that Chuck Norris has the power to change <laughs> ratings of movies? Yeah. Yeah, because you know, there's always that running joke, you know, Chuck Norris. Yeah, that's all the Chuck Norris. Chuck jokes. Norris jokes, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, Chuck Norris doesn't teabag people; he potato sacks them. Exactly. Yeah. And so when Sylvester Stallone went to Chuck Norris and said, "Hey, I want you to be in the Expendables," Chuck Norris said, "I'm only going to be in it if you make the language more kid friendly and you make the movie PG-13." And they made the movie PG-13. Now, I have a point to this, which is. I don't think that this is entirely a bad thing. No, I don't the think truth so either. Is, the truth is, I didn't see Expendables 1. I don't think a lot of people saw Expendables. I saw it. Like, it did fairly well, but it didn't do it didn't do gangbusters. And part of that is, is that if you make a movie R, it's fewer people see it. If you want to make a really cool PG-13, a really cool action movie, you can make it PG-13. And yes, there are going to be arguments like, oh, well, Die Hard 4 would have been set better if he said fuck five times. But I don't think that really matters. What you can get away with action-wise in a PG-13 is pretty broad. I don't think you really need to have the language there. Yeah, but the only thing I really liked about the first Expendables was people getting mowed down in graphic <laughs> violence. Uh, and Eric Roberts' head getting chopped off, you know? So that's not going to be repeated, so I don't well, know. Well, but we'll see. When he makes Rambo uh, 5, where he fights like a, like a robotic panther or whatever the shit that movie's about, th- then we'll what? get to see that stuff. <laughs> is this um, happening? Yeah, well, I don't think it's happening anymore, but yeah, the last time that there was news about Ray Rambo 5... But I thought was... the last Rambo was cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, it's awesome. There's like 20 minutes of just dudes running over a field and then falling down as soon as they get close enough to get hit by bullets. You know, keeping the tradition of Rambo. Yeah. <laughs> well, not th- except for the actually, first one. Actually, yeah, not keeping... The first <laughs> one's like a real drama. <laughs> yeah. And... yeah, he kills one person, and on that's accident. not on purpose. <laughs> on accident, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, so that was kind of funny when I read that... Um, and, but you know it's it's okay the last too. Movie Chuck Norris has been in. Yeah, I th- just TV. Just TV. I think that's part of it. Is that they really they really want to get Chuck Norris in a movie. Like people will come out to see that movie if Chuck Norris is in it. Well, I mean they have so many guys in the movie. It's yeah, unbelievable. Um, I had another thing, but it just totally escaped <laughs> my mind. <laughs> that's terrible. I'm usually pretty good at that. Come um, on, you're the host. I know, you right? Together. 
I, I read or watched, I guess, the video of the Amazing Spider-Man press conference in Japan. Oh, yeah. Which is, it was cute. It's, it's really cute because Emma Stone and uh, Andrew Garfield are dating right now. So they kind of have that cute lovey-dovey thing going on. And, um, right. and they really didn't, you know, say anything new. The, the lamest thing that was asked of them is, is there a, an iconic kiss like in the first one? And Emma Stone actually answered it kind of funny. She said, well, why would I tell you it's iconic? You say, wait for the iconic part. Wait for the iconic part. That's stupid. So I like that. Um, <laughs> oh. And she's right. I mean, you, yeah, yeah. No, I that's mean, a dumb question. I don't think even when Sam Raimi made the first Spider-Man, I don't think he thought that would be the iconic scene from Spider-Man. No, it was just a neat thing that you couldn't do anything anywhere else. Because I, I still think um, my iconic scene from the Spider-Man movie is when the Green Goblin drops both uh, Mary Jane and the cable car at the same time and you see the yeah. reflection in Spider-Man's eyes and he has to decide what to save and he saves both of them to me that's iconic Spider-Man but you um, know for some reason because her nipples were seen through a dress it's his kiss of her upside down and that's how he gets Spider-Man in this week's episode yep <laughs> Brad do you have anything? I do cool um hey you took a shot at me what? what? Because I got Spider-Man in the... Oh! <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll no, it's fine. done without Spider-Man in the news this week. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so, I'm a big DC fan. Oh, yeah. And this, this is kind of trivial. I mean, it's just graphic design. It is trivial. Well, but, but uh, it's, it's right up your alley. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, as an, art, as an artist, it's kind of... Maybe I'm having a knee, knee-jerk reaction, but the new DC Comics logo... Sucks balls. Yeah. Does it to me look like they're pulling a sticker? Yeah, it's yeah, like they're it's pulling the D off the C. Yeah, it's here's the um, thing: the idea behind it is very creative um, and complex, and but the actual execution of it is just kind of it doesn't has look no like impact. a D and a C. It looks like I see the like D. A, it's part of the yeah. C, and it's getting peeled over, and I get the dual identities things. It's a very deep, <laughs> yeah, deep idea. But yeah. it's like as far as like comic book impact, it's just so lame yeah. and weak. And yeah, it's like some of them have like for the flash, you've got like the the lightning bolts, and for the green lantern, you got the glowing thing. But still. my biggest my biggest issue with it is that I can't see it when a movie starts. I can't see that being as cool and exciting as when the Marvel logo starts on a movie. You know, like they found a way to make the Marvel logo re- play well on a screen, whereas this new thing does not work properly. I really enjoyed the last one. I thought it was a great yeah. update to like a Me really too. old logo, but at the same time, it's like. It just reeks of panic because they've done the yeah. whole New Fifty Two, well, and they rebranded like what five years ago. They've got a new logo, and now they're going to a new one just because they're doing this whole restructuring. And here's Marvel, who has not changed a thing, nope, logo wise. Yeah, even after DC yeah. already redid their logo, so it's just it's 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 really unnecessary. Yeah, uh, it, it is bizarre because uh, I, I want to say in the last. 10 years they've changed their logo three times dc yeah because then it used to it used to be the circle with yeah, the dc the stars. In it, with the stars right and then it was and now s- it's the, the swoopy one right the and one then, star well, going around the twice. DC. they've had three yeah that's what i mean yeah. i yeah. guess three and that's still and, and yeah. marvel's never changed their logo yeah. yeah ever i kind of like it as far as going on issues you know? it does look good like on i the think it looks good on the comics but that's my problem is that it it only i think it only looks good on comics yeah and you know what looks better the previous logo on comics <laughs> to me yeah i don't know yeah it's probably true it looks more like something that it looks more like a vertigo logo logo or something like that it's a little more indie um but 
Yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. it's stupid, and they'll but change like, it another year. If I had the choice, I would probably even it, go with the like Stark circle with the stars and before the new one. It's weird because, in my opinion, it, like DC has actually had a really really good year, uh, even though I don't think they deserve to have a really really good year. Uh, so it's weird for them to change to do that kind of a thing now when things are starting to go well again for them. Yeah. Um, though, partially, I think that in six months they'll be right back where they were because I don't think they actually changed anything. Yeah, I don't understand the relaunch, though, because, when I mean, I don't really read DC, but I read reviews, and they sound like the same books. Like, I don't understand why they relaunched everything. All I know is they canceled the only book, the only DC book I was reading. <laughs> um, Which was? Power Girl. Oh. Are you, still no reading, longer are you even reading book. Batman right now? I am reading Batman. I stopped getting Detective Comics and all the, like, Nightwing, Robin, and all mm-hmm. that. I'm just reading Batman, and I'm focusing on Ninja Turtles. So, so. Is, is Batman, is it anything different? Did it retell his origin? I don't know. I'm just curious. No, I read the first, I've, they've been sitting on the shelf because I barely read them anymore, but I read the first one of the mm-hmm. relaunch, and it's just, it, you know, the same old, you know, the book is told through Batman's inner monologue, and mm-hmm. it's a, you know, so it's, it's not very memorable. I can... It's, 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 he, <laughs> so basically, they wanted number one so people would buy him. Yeah, and then at the end, yeah. like um, it's hinted that um, Dick Grayson is not who he is, says he is, or something. Hmm. He's actually a villain or something. I don't know. I was just like, it's hard to follow, and I kind of tuned out. Didn't go on to the next. Written by Grant bit. Morrison, right? Is uh, Batman written by so. Grant Morrison? Oh, he's writing he's, Batman Inc. I think. Scott Snyder, maybe? Maybe. Yeah, Red's the artist? Right. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Anyways. No, no, Scott Snyder's a writer. Writer, yeah. Um, I'm not impressed right now. I'll keep li- reading it, but yeah, this is a podcast about movies, so... Uh, <laughs> Whatever. Uh, anyway, DC culture. logo, not a fan, but it, the other thing is, like, it'll be tagged on to The Dark Knight Rises, <laughs> so, like, the other two movies have the other logo, so and the third one's going to be... You're going to not like The Dark Knight Rises as no. much because that logo's on there. <laughs> also, like, it'll just be... It'll, it's just like that this little tweak that's, you know, it's not consistent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I was thinking about that. Yes. Like I said, trivial. It's not a big deal. It's yeah. just yeah. Uh, it'll sure. probably grow on me. Whatever. Yeah, maybe later on you won't even notice. Yeah. Um, and then I was going to talk about the George Lucas thing, but I think James already has that ready to go. So why don't you? Yeah. Don't you well, we'll, James's news. we'll get to it here in a minute. Uh, did anybody watch the Golden Globes? Oh shit! I, I did another thing. Yeah, anyway. I didn't watch it either. It was pretty nope. stupid. All the I we, there, me and Laura watched about twenty minutes of it. I don't. I think there was one thing that when I looked through the winners made me mad. I was like, ah, that shouldn't be, but it, I, I like the artist won some awards, but other than that, yeah. they're, they're so pointless at this point that I don't, I don't really care. Anyway. It doesn't mean the, anything. They're just peers giving awards to peers and, or was it journalists? Well, no, 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 yeah, no, 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 it's the yeah. Hollywood Academy Press. Awards is the peers to peer. Yeah, yeah. And even that isn't quite peers. Like, it's a the real awards strategy. that I think matter to, to me are like the D, the DGAs and the WGAs. And um, the DGAs are actually really interesting because they actually, everyone who's nominated gets the award, but then they just pick one of them and have that person give a speech and that person won. I'm putting mm-hmm. quotes around one, but everybody actually gets the award. It's kind of cool. Um, because it, it, it solves the problem of, you know, Quentin Tarantino going up against Jason Reitman. You're like, well, no, these are two totally different guys, and they don't need to be in the same category. Anyway, real news this week. Um, the interesting thing is the Odeon Theatres, I don't know if you saw this, the Odeon Theatres are a big chain of theatres in the UK, um, and there was a story this week that they were giving money back. Uh, they were giving out refunds to people who were complaining about a lack of dialogue in the artist. 
They were <laughs> like they were walking out of theaters, pissed off that they had too little of a picture and that there was no talking, and they got their money back. And I wanted to bring this up because there's a guy who comes into my work, and this week, uh, he had he had ordered a bunch of stuff, and one of the things he'd ordered was some popcorn, and I was asking him a question about it, which that sounds weird, but anyway, just roll with me. Uh, and he said, "Oh, I don't know anything about." He's he's this British guy who's kind of a prick. Um, though he, he, anyway, surprise. Yeah, and <laughs> but you know, I want to like him, but at the same time, he's I'm like, British, dude. Yeah, why are you being a dick to me? And I say that because he says this thing about, "Oh, I don't know anything about popcorn. It's this American thing. You Americans go to movies, and all you care about is eating your popcorn, and you don't watch the movie." And I was like, I wanted to jump down his throat and be like, "No, fuck you, dude. I watch. <laughs> I, I go every week, and I watch the movie. I don't even like." Eating popcorn. I don't like when people sitting next to me eat popcorn. Well, what snacks um, do they get? I don't. I don't fucking. Yeah, they <laughs> tea got, and crumpets. Yeah, ex- fucking they British slimy bastards. I just hey, thought, hey, hey! Seventeen seventy-six. That's all I got to say. <laughs> hey, we have a lot of new. I just thought it was funny. Surprised. They might be foreign. Who cares? <laughs> I'm American. I just thought it was funny because I was like, come, you know, everybody's everybody is the same. You know, you guys are just as shitty about movies as we are sometimes. You know, I, it's just it's well, crazy. I, I think that's the whole European attitude though i mean if you watch some foreign movies you know that's their attitude they're all like snotty and but that's the thing to me i would think that they would just eat the artist up like they yeah would, you'd think you know would. the main well, guy's a what? french actor Candy like it. yeah um so I, it's just weird uh i don't know that i would ever give somebody a refund on that movie you'd have to really just be a well, piece why of would shit you give someone a refund me. on a movie they didn't like because that doesn't make sense to me. Well, I think a lot of theaters will do, they do, do it. it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think mostly because I would ask for my money back during Twilight. I think no, no. <laughs> I think it's mostly because like if it's um, act like I had a seizure or something. Yeah. Well, no. If you go up and really make a scene, they just for ten dollars they want you to go away. You know. Oh, I think yeah. it's mostly that. Like most people don't do it because if it's a movie they don't like, they're like, well, I asked for that. Well, speaking of popcorn, our movie <laughs> theater today they didn't have enough popcorn popped. Oh, so that's, that's why it took so long. That's why I didn't get any. And they, but they had only one machine popping the popcorn, and they had four behind the counter. Yeah. And then their manager was walking around saying, "Slow down with these orders, guys! I'm waiting for the popcorn to pop." Slow like, down with these orders. And it was seven thirty on a Friday. Manager. You're Oops. like, dude, you should have tons of popcorn. <laughs> yeah. Dumbass. Oh, that's what Laura judging about. Is like, look at his long hair comb over grease ball. <laughs> you, you wop is, fucker! I'm like, whoa! The garbage bags full of last night's popcorn. <laughs> Oh, that's racist. When did they right. go in the back and get the popcorn from last night that they throw in garbage bags? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, dude, it was it was unbelievable. Anyways, that's up for the matinee. Yeah, but you think they'd have tons of popcorn popped? Anyway, yeah. Idiotic. If you you have previews, if yeah, you should know what that movie is going in. You yeah. should. I mean, who goes into the artist not knowing that it's a silent movie? And you know what? If you don't know, cool, you know, the the person is doing something for you. Like, it's not, like, nothing's wrong, you know? You don't you don't complain about that. Like, somebody created that thing, and you paid to enjoy it. At least give it a chance. Don't sit there <laughs> being a bitch about, like, I can't understand what they're seeing. I don't like that artistic choice. Me. Really? I actually yeah. thought it was impressive. You and why'd you sit to... through the whole movie? Yeah. Walk out and go see something else. Fuck. Sir, I understand you don't like your steak, but did you have to eat the whole thing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So George Lucas retired this week. He did? No, he didn't. Oh. Um, what he said was he's going to stop making blockbuster movies. Right. That sounds confusing, right? Because yeah. the last one that he made was so a I Star guess Wars movie. I guess he's not going to make any more Indiana Jones. 
Nice. No, but actually, he said no. He actually left a caveat saying he would he would come back and make an Indiana Jones movie, Aww. but he's not making any more blockbusters. That'd be awesome if he just let Steven Spielberg do one. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, there's this really long article on on the New York Times that you should read because it is actually pretty fascinating. It's not written by George Lucas. It's a guy who interviews George Lucas. Um, and part of it is that he George Lucas. Turkey. <laughs> part of it is this: George Lucas says like. I'm I'm gonna start making like small personal films like I did back in the seventies. Sweet which, THX eleven thirty eight. Yeah, yeah. If he made THX <laughs> or if he actually. made American Graffiti again, if he actually starts making movies is the point here, and they were good, great. Good for him, that's that's wonderful. But this idea that he's retiring when the only movies he's made in the last twenty years really are the the Star Wars movies and one Indiana Jones sequel, and they've all been shit, like this retiring thing is a joke. Uh, and again, he leaves a caveat saying when they make Indiana Jones 5, he will be there for that, unfortunately. Um, but the real interesting things about it are what he says about the other stuff going on. Um, he says there's not going to be another Star Wars movie, obviously, and for good reasons. Um, but then when he's talking about Red Tails, he tells this long story about how hard it was to get Red Tails made. And he almost makes it sound as if it's because, like, oh, well, nobody wanted to make it because... It's because of racism, you know, because it's an all-black cast and mm-hmm. nobody wants to tell this story. But then he also goes into talking about how he wanted to make the movie not in a modern style, but in this extremely, uh, what I would call saccharine, naive kind of film. He actually uses the word naive multiple times about the way he makes films. Um, like, basically, he wants to make this shitty-looking, um, like, 50s sort of war film, the kind of completely pointless and over-dramatized and over-heroic war films that, like, um, John Wayne was making out of this really important story that could be something really good. Uh, And it just... That, to me, is the reason why no one wanted to make this movie. I don't believe for a second that no one wanted to make... In a year when, you know, the past few years we've seen, like, Precious and these other movies, you know, The Help did amazingly well last year. You know? It has nothing to do with who's in the movie or what the movie is about. It has everything to do with the fact that he wanted to make a shitty movie, you know? In fact, it's so shitty that they filmed the movie and then they hired uh, Aaron McGruber, who's the, the creator of the Boondocks. He, they hired him to rewrite scenes to make it less sappy and corny and then they reshot sequences of the movie so that the movie didn't suck so bad. Like, the, his argument is invalid in the same ar- article where he makes it. It's, it's absolutely fascinating, and you should read it just for that. Um, and then the other funny thing that he says is that uh, Steven Spielberg recently took credit for the nuking the fridge scene, but he goes back on that and says, no, Steven's just ca- trying to cover my ass. I did research, and plenty of scientists will tell you that a lead fridge has a 50-50 chance of saving you from a nuclear blast. Uh, Does it save you from the actual <laughs> trajectory and collision? Uh- <laughs> Flying from a nuclear explosion? I don't know. I hey, have no hey, idea hey, what hey. he's talking about. You know who would live through that? Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones. Thank you. <sighs> Lawyered. <laughs> Ryan, not you, Ryan, but other friend Ryan, has always been right that that should have been a dud. The bomb should have dropped and not gone off, and then that could have been the scene, because that scene is important in that movie, but him getting nuked is not. Anyway, that's the news for this week. I got one more thing I forgot. Oh, sure. Uh, the SOPA and the PIPA bills. Oh yeah. Um, are not being voted on 
So sort they're of postponed. Sort of dead? Huh? They're sort of post- postponed. Postponed, yes. So the whole blackout thing is kind of a little victory, but stay vigilant because they're going to try well, and push it through again at some point. Yeah, and the numbers of... If you look at the numbers as far as who is supporting that bill now and who is supporting it before and who's against it, numbers against are are actually higher, um, which is good. I think part of it is just that there was enough... Uh, because of the blackout day, there were enough people talking about it that now the people who are clearly against it are willing to say, like, oh, yeah, this is bad. I'll vote against it. And so now it's clear that it's not going to happen, I don't think. Um, well, it's, not, you know, we I support still, a bill for stopping piracy. They just need yeah. to write it better. Yeah, yeah no, they, they yeah. need a better understanding of what goes on. Yeah. I think that they should pay more attention to, like, uh, trying to stop websites from being hacked and, and cracking down on that since Zappos just got hacked uh, and a whole bunch of people's information is out because of that. That, to me, is a bigger threat to the Internet than piracy. By far. So, what have we been watching this week? I watched a couple things. I watched um, Berlin Undead, which is a German zombie movie <laughs> that was on Netflix. And actually, I think it was at uh, four stars. The Netflix people were rating it. And that's, you know, different for a uh, foreign zombie movie. I'm like, you know yeah. what? Fuck it. I'll try it. I don't care. It's a zombie movie. And um, it's not good. <laughs> uh, it's not four stars? No. Uh, you know, there's some parts that are creative in it, but... Um, one, it was only like an hour and three minutes long. What? Bizarre. That's a short film, sir. Um, so anyways, the story is, is this guy goes to give his girlfriend back the keys to their apartment because she dumped him. And when he shows up at her apartment, there's a plumber working on her... I don't even know Pipes? what. Pipes? Is yeah. this a porn? Yeah, but he's like in the bedroom. He's like... Bah, 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 bah. Nah, and all of a sudden, he, he's a zombie, evidently. And so... Uh, the boyfriend um, gets him out of the apartment and he's trying to get back in and then he's worried about his girlfriend because his girlfriend left to go get eggs. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, Then he looks out the window and they're like in this huge courtyard that has a gate that blocks people uh, in and then there's just random zombies running around. Um, yeah. It sounds great. Yeah, and it's... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's it's so, so interesting. It's, it's 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 that's how boring it is, and I could not believe it was an hour and three minutes because you finished the whole thing. Yeah, I because I, I, you know whatever. And uh, how they got the zombies out of the courtyard. This is true. Is the 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 cool kid in it? You know, there's always the cool kid. Yeah. Um, he was hiding from these zombies on top of um, uh, some sort of cabinet that housed dishes that he crawled onto, but for some reason the zombies couldn't get to him. <laughs> Yeah, I know. They couldn't knock over the cabinet. They couldn't knock over the cabinet. <laughs> and so he used a camera that he had, and he was using the viewfinder to look around, and a zombie, like, came out of the corner, and he snapped a picture, and the flash, like, made the zombie stagger because their eyes are so sensitive. <laughs> you know, I'm watching, I'm like, this is a piece of shit. <laughs> so then, and, was it, like, the end of Rear Window? Like, he runs around with a flash bulb and then yeah, punches so, the zombies in the so face? <laughs> Yeah, you know, like yeah, rear window. Yes, yeah, exactly. So, like, so, and then they also, if you get bit by a zombie, you don't turn into a zombie right away. If you stay calm and don't let the adrenaline go through you, then you don't turn into a zombie. Interesting concept right there. It, it is interesting, but then uh, there's a scene where he was running down the flight of stairs of this apartment and just taking pictures, and all the zombies were like. Uh, like flooding out of the doorway and they're like (laughs) so he was flashing with the flash I'm like fuck that and the flash kept on going it was like a strobe light I'm like usually you know you hit a flash it has to recharge even on digital cameras movie shit don't watch it (laughs) 
Um, I also watched The Fox and the Hound, which um, it's a cute movie, but I don't think the animation in it is very good. I have it on Blu-ray, and it kind of points out, uh, brings up a lot of the, I don't know if flaws is the right word, but the roughness of um, mid-80s, late nine, late yeah. 80s Disney movies, you know what I mean? It's a period where the animators, they were the original Disney animators, and they were all getting old, and they just had to kind of cut corners to yeah. get stuff hmm. out in time. I, I mean, the movie's still cute. Laura bawled her eyes out when I haven't seen this as well. she uh, put the fox back into the forest. And Laura, what would you say? It wasn't his fault, or I forget what you were saying, but she was bawling. <laughs> but the movie's still cute and it still has a great message in it um, and uh, the last thing I watched was Resident Evil Apocalypse was, is that the fourth one? no, no Afterlife, Afterlife. Um, with commentary because um, sometimes I'm really you wanted somebody to explain what the shit was yeah, happening I mean, I please justify this Yeah, I, I, there's some scenes in it that I actually do like um, but listening to Paul W.S. Anderson explain his own movie <laughs> is kind of worse than actually watching the movie oh god I did find out some cool things. So, like, the uh, opening scene is actually filmed at Toronto University, and that's how it really looks. I thought it was all CGI, so that was kind of cool. And um, But then he was talking about how Resident Evil 5 was a huge influence on him, which it totally is. Like, the zombies wear their mouths open like that. Um, but then he uh, they got to the executioner scene as the dude with the big hammer that drags it through. And this is literally what he said in the commentary. He said, um, I didn't know how I wanted him in the movie. I just thought it'd be really cool if he dragged a hammer down the street. <laughs> oh, gosh. And that's what he wanted to show. I need to go buy a whole bunch of Paul W.S. Anderson movies. I listen to his commentary. He's, and he, I just don't get him. He, every one of his movies is underground. They're in some sort of labyrinth that the doors keep on opening and closing. It's really bizarre. He really makes the same movie over and over again with kind of the same characters but with different monsters if you really watch his movies Event Horizon um, Alien vs. Predator the first Resident Evil now, th- now that you bring More it up that. actually that does remind me that one of the pieces of news this week was that Quentin Tarantino's top 10 list came out and <laughs> the, the Three Musketeers John uh, Paul W. Anderson's The Three Musketeers is on his list yep. which is blah. also Rise of the Planet this was his favorite movie it was a, kind of a shocker too yeah, I don't think they were in. They weren't in an order, but he had eleven favorite movies of the year. Oh, okay. It's interesting. But anyways, that's what I saw this week. So yeah, if you know want to listen to Paul W. Anderson talk about, I do. Um, you know, and you want to be bored. Because <laughs> sometimes I like film com- film commentary because you kind of actually get into what the director's yeah. thinking. Oh yeah. And he, I mean, he was honest. He wasn't you know saying, "Oh, look how cool of a movie I make." And yeah. he said, you know, he's he liked the character of Alice. And I also saw the. Did you see the new Resident Evil trailer? Yeah. Which it looks like shit, but we will see the yeah, shit out of it. I'm really disappointed because I actually think um, the second Resident Evil movie has one of the coolest trailers ever, where it talks about Umbrella co- Cosmetics and this lady's putting on makeup, then she turns into a zombie. That was cool. This movie one starts with the first 45 seconds. It's a <laughs> Sony commercial. Yeah, it is. It's people like filming with Sony products. They're saying, what kind of world are you going to make with Sony? You're like, what the fuck is this? And then it cuts to Alice on top of the White House. And she's and like, she's, this is my world. This is my world. My name is Alice. Yeah. Hmm. And then That's some, horrible. Then some big dog, cha- CGI dog chasing them through a I'm hoping that it's only an internet trailer, that when they that they never show that trailer. Oh, the I theaters. hope so, too. Oh, because man. that's just... It's, oh, maybe it's before Underworld, who knows? Same uh, company. Anyways, oh, that's what be. I saw this week. I'm done. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Brad, what'd you say? Um, well, um, I watched Clerks and Mallrats again, and nice. I think we've talked about those before, so they're great. And mm-hmm. then... Um, Sorry. 37 in a row? 
Hey, get back here. I went down on a couple guys. A couple guys? <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I got my Rushmore Blu-ray, so I watched that. Oh, you did? I picked it up you... in the mail. Um, that's the second time I've seen it, and it's just good. I don't know. Is the Criterion um, div- uh, Blu-ray awesome? Yeah, it's uh, actually almost exactly like the DVD mm-hmm. version. Like, mm. it comes with all the fold-out print, oh, cool. prints cool. inside, like the map and whatnot. Yeah, um, they make awesome DVDs. Yeah, Criterion's awesome. Yeah, I wish they would make every dvd for good movies <laughs> yeah. um so yeah that's I, I it just makes me more excited for moonrise kingdom <laughs> yeah so um and then i um intermittently watched the diehard trilogy throughout the week <laughs> it was on amc Lovely. so i watched the I trilogy guess, the huh? version huh the trilogy huh yeah so you mean uh diehard one diehard three and diehard four right <laughs> what are you getting at? Uh, die Harder? No, 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 not that movie. The the really? good, I don't the think good the second one. Was no, bad. this is what happened. Die Hard One was on AMC, so yeah. I watched that with my parents, and uh, it's censored, so it's a little less Garbage. interesting. Yeah. But I bring it up because I was critiquing it more watching it, like for what the fifteenth time <laughs> yeah. in my life. The guy who um, McLean's like in a conference room, or whatever, and then one of the terrorists busts in on him, and they're doing like the little standoff, like I was don't shoot me or I'll shoot you thing. Yeah. And then the other terrorist comes in, that guy ducks and then John McClane kills that guy. And then he ducks under a row of tables and in between some chairs. And then the terrorist who survives, his strategy is to jump up on the row of tables and follow John McClane as he crawls on his back under the tables. Yeah. And then he's like, you should really not hesitate. And then John McClane's like, yeah, good advice. And then shoots through the table and kills the guy. It's like that's the stupidest terrorist ever. Like yeah, he's he should a just stood where he was and they just shoot under all the tables. <laughs> Terrorists. Terrorists. Terrorism doesn't pay. Yeah. Yeah. But so. that's for my your college education. Oh, oh. Right. that's my favorite Christmas movie of all time is Die Hard. Right. <laughs> but that's just you know, I never really thought about it until then. Yeah. yeah. And no one ever seems to talk about it. Like I never really That hear movie people. is still great though. It's still great. You're nitpicking I'm, a lot. I know. But okay. I'm just saying, like <laughs> I this is the first time I've noticed that. Yeah. Yeah, no, one, never. Remember, I never heard anyone mention it before. There's not too much logic in '80s action movies. <laughs> this That's is why true. they're awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah, stick around. So, and then I watched the third one because a couple days later it was on AMC again, and, and it's awesome. Yeah, it's not as bad as people. No, it's the best seem... Die Hard movie. No, is it? Not, uh, it's not yes. better than the first one. It's better than the first one. Do you know right. that wasn't a Die Hard movie originally? I know. And then Simon I thought says. we should. It, it was just going to be a great movie, and then they were like, "Let's make it a Die Hard movie, and it'll be even better." That's what they said. <laughs> Jeremy Irons. So why is it the number one Die Hard movie for you? Because uh, I think that the the like actual plot of the villain in that movie is interesting, whereas Hans Gruber is like, I took this building hostage. Eh. Like, it it is the first movie, I think, that starts turning him into sort of a superhero like he is in the fourth movie, which is just silly. Um, like, I'm kind of joking, great, though. Uh, no, yeah, the fourth one is good, but not... Not the way that the other ones are. But, um, anyway, I, I just think that the third one's really great. Plus, it's got Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson is good. I don't know. I agree. It's, it's a good movie. movie. I know. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, because I watched those two, I felt I had to watch the second one on Netflix. <laughs> so, I uh, sat through that at, like, 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah. And just looking at it, critiquing even more, like, you thought the first one was... Yeah. The second one was just totally ridiculous. It is. Yeah. Filmed at Stapleton. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. 
Did not know that. Denver represent. <laughs> Sweet. I, I play trivia out there. I should go over to the old complex and try to pick out, like, this is where the plane crashed and uh, this is where he ejected it. out of the cockpit. And... <laughs> oh, yeah, where he goes up to the screen. <laughs> oh, the I movie's that dumb. Part. I love that movie. Him jumping on a jet that's shooting trucks off of a, off of a uh, highway. Amazing. Not as stupid <laughs> as that scene. What's oh. the other thing? Like, they have him in, like, at one point they have John McClane, like, they have him captured, but they don't shoot him or something. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I don't remember that movie very well. I just know that the title is Die Harder, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I think it's awesome. No. <laughs> it totally plays in that 80s action feel. Oh, totally. gosh. I'm waiting for Die Hardest. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the name of the fourth one. The oh, that, one. Those, all of those yeah. movies have horrible titles. The next I one. Know, I like Live Free and Die Hard. Die Hard's pretty good. Live Free and Die Hard's not bad. Die Hard, yeah, is good. The next one is, is awful. I don't even remember what it is. But Die Hard with a Vengeance. No, Today is a Good Day to Die Hard. Yeah. Is that what it a is? A good day to die hard. Yeah, I think it's a good day to die hard. Gosh, it's bad. Is that everything you said? Yep, yep that's it. What do okay, you got, James? Me. Uh, a couple things. All of them. Well, no, two of them. Awesome. Uh, Justified came back this week, which y- you should be watching. Justified. First of all, if if anyone is listening to this, no, not, not many of that people are. But hey, hey, we just talked about Live Free or Die Hard. It's pretty good now. Yeah, he's all right. Um, <laughs> have you ever actually watched Justified? No, you you should you should watch the pilot. Okay, it's one of the best episodes of television I've ever set, seen. Um, Is it better than the ending of Friends? Because a lot of things aren't. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I didn't watch that much Friends. But hey, hey, I got you on to Lost, uh, and I think Alias. Right. Give me a give me. I think give I saw Alias shot, before say, I met you. Actually, okay, maybe maybe. Uh, just give me a shot and watch the first episode. Okay, and, I will. But more so, I if, will. if you're somebody who's ever who's like into cop shows, and you're not watching Justified. You're missing one of your favorite shows. Like it's just, it's amazing. And I'm not a big, it. I'm not a big cop show guy. Like I never was. And so when I got into the show, I was amazed that it hooked me as much as it did. Um, because it's still kind of episodic, but there's enough serializedness to it that it keeps me going. Um, and the opening, the opening of the season, not as strong as last season. Last season was one of the best seasons of television um, in my, for me at least. Uh, but still really good. But most of the week I spent watching Downton Abbey, which is a British show. Uh, it's written by uh, Julian Fellows, who is the guy who wrote uh, Gosford Park. And the show basically is Gosford Park, but with an all-British cast and made for the BBC. Um, and it's, uh, it's, like a, it's set in the 1910s in England Turn the with, yeah, with sort of aristocracy people. Or not aristocracy people, but, you know, rich people and their, their help living in their house. Um, and it's sort of a drama, romance, mostly romance sort of show. Ew, um, oh, no, it's so good. It is so good. Just kidding. No, really. It's one of those shows, it takes a while, but I'll be honest, after a couple of episodes, it gets into this habit where every scene will end, and I'll go, oh. Ugh. Like there's one character in the scene, in the show where every time he comes on screen, I just start yelling "Die in a fire" at the screen at the TV until the scene is over because I hate him so much. But that everybody won a lot else, of Golden Globes. they do. Yeah, oh yeah, it's won a bunch of awards in the last couple of years. Um, every what is great about that show is that there are a lot of different characters, and every time that a character is on screen, it's doing something to to grow that character. So that you don't spend a lot of time with everybody, but after a while, you love every character on that show. With the exception of the sort of villain characters, 
every time a scene starts, you're excited for that scene to go, to get started. You're like you're excited about who's in that scene and where it's going to go and what's going to happen. Um, it's just it's really well written. Uh, and if you like British posh stuff like that, you should check it out. I like um, spaced. If you like Gosford Park, <laughs> yeah. you should watch that movie, that show. Uh, and then the last thing was Alcatraz, which is the new Bad Robot TV show starring Jorge Garcia and Sarah Jones, um, written written by Elizabeth Sarnov and a whole bunch of other directed. The first two episodes are directed by Jack Bender from Lost. Um, so all. All of that crew is involved. Um, Sam Neill, yeah, you're right, is in the show. And it's... Did either of you watch it? Yeah, I did. It's all right. Yeah, there's nothing about it to hate. Like, I kind of want to keep watching it, but it's so much more episodic, and they try and get so much into the first two episodes that I don't really feel like I'm hooked. You know, there's not enough about those characters. I think it's interesting enough to watch it again. Yeah, Um, yeah. Because sometimes TV doesn't take too many chances, and I think this show might actually... Be a show that takes chances. Be cool. um, so we'll see. Like I, I, I regret, I regret so. that I didn't stick with Fringe because I feel like I would probably really love Fringe if I were still watching it. Um, and I, this may be a show that is not quite as good as Fringe, but I'm gonna keep watching it just because I don't want to lose track, you know. Um, but it, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not as excited now as I, I hoped I would be. Um, and I, Sarah Jones, who hasn't really been in anything, she's in an episode of Justified last season. That's why I know her name, because I had to look her up and be like, where do I know this girl from? Um, she isn't that good, I don't think, in the show. Like, the main act, the main girl. Yeah. Like, there are just some scenes that I think she kind of drops, and I, so I don't connect with her enough to really keep want to keep watching it. But anyway, that was everything I saw. And then Haywire. Yeah. We saw Haywire this week. Brad, should people go see Haywire? Yeah. <laughs> Laura, should people go see Haywire? Meh. Matt? Meh. <laughs> um, I'm going to say maybe. If you if you feel like going to a movie in January, this is probably not a horrible movie to see. Yeah, I'd probably agree with you. You know, it's it's there. <laughs> yeah. I would say keep listening to our review because we're not really, really going to spoil anything. I mean, we'll talk about it, but it won't spoil the movie for you. No. Um, and then decide for yourself. Cause yeah, I, I agree. Cause I think it needs I, more talking I, yeah, about I, then. Yeah, because I, I don't know how to describe it. Anyways, here's a trailer for Haywire. Because yeah. you're in the movie, and the, the you, 
I don't know. It had a weird, like, funky 70s porn music beat to it the whole time. Oh, uh, dude, no. Don't start off by inserting... My favorite thing about this movie is that score. No, so, I, didn't say, I didn't say it was bad. I said it was funky yeah. 70s porn style music. It feels like... Well, it's very much the, like, Ocean's Eleven kind of score. Yeah. Where it's trying it's to be shot fun, like Ocean's Eleven, fun, slick spy movie. Why is it shot like Ocean's Eleven? Because it's directed by the guy who made Ocean's Eleven. Oh, Island. right, right, right. Yeah. Hold on, set it up. What's going on? Oh, so it's a Steven Soderbergh movie. Uh, and it's about this girl who, woman, uh, who, she's, she's not really a spy, she's a mercenary for sort of a Blackwater kind of organization, uh, that she gets, her little group of people get hired to go and do missions, usually beneficial things, like saving guys who've been kidnapped. Uh, and then, uh, the group sort of turns on her, and, and they try to kill her, the and then <laughs> she has to fight her way out and figure out what happened and then kill some dudes. Um, but the real the real kicker here is that the main Steven Soderbergh, as he tends to do sometimes, didn't cast an actress in the lead role. He cast a WWE wrestler who um, is she a wrestler? I thought she's a mixed martial arts. Oh no, player. you're right. She's a mixed. Sorry, she's a mixed martial arts uh, like fighter. Um, what other movies she, did he not cast a actress in the lead in? I'm sorry, well, the, I don't follow him the, that much. The big one that stands out in my mind is uh, the Girlfriend Experience, where he cast Sasha Gray as uh, as an actual, like, well, as a prostitute. Um, but, so, I mean, yeah, anyway, so he's done it before, and it he sort of does this thing where he'll make a big-budget movie that's really for everyone, and then he'll do these little experimental films where he'll, like, play with an idea or he'll come up with something and do something weird. And I think this is actually one of those movies, but it's getting a wide release. Yeah, yeah, so that's the way like it feels experiment. to me. Yeah, it's and boring the hell out of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- I think the action scenes in this movie are pretty cool. Well, yeah, yeah so. being so violent, it's really boring. Yeah, no, I don't just <laughs> uh, like the way I would describe it is that it is it is a it's a script that's just hot garbage. Like it's just a horrible script. But then Steven Soderbergh decided that he should come in and make it cool, and everything good about this movie is because of him. Like, everything good about yeah. this movie is the way he shoots the action, the interesting way that he, he frames shots and things like that, uh, and some of, the, some of the pacing of some of the scenes is cool, but then there's the actual plot itself, like, what these people are doing it's is just... Thin. Yeah, it's just... It's shitty. Well, um, I mean, I thought it was actually really cool when they went and rescued uh, the guy who was kidnapped. I liked the way it was shot where they kind of took the sound out of it. And uh, yeah. the sound only really came on when they were firing guns. Yeah. And, uh, you know, them tracking him was in black and white. And so you could right. kind of see his, I don't know, his movements. So you knew exactly where he was in black and white and they were in color. It was interesting. But then sometimes uh, I didn't like the angles that he had on. I always thought it was weird. The, the one that really stood out for me is when he had the wine bottle totally in in the foreground. And then he had the two characters talking but it wasn't focused on the characters. In her office, or in her, at in her, her apartment, apartment with uh, yeah, Ewan McGregor and and her. It's just bizarre. Yeah, I must have not remember that part because I fell asleep again. <laughs> you did not. No way. <laughs> yeah. I will say this, and unfortunately, because of the popcorn scandal, you guys missed the scene. But the opening scene of this movie, oh, I, I was it. excited. I couldn't find you guys. I was waiting for Laura yeah. at the top. I watched that one. Yeah, oh, you didn't see cool. it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it. It was the part of the movie that made me go like, okay, this is going to be cool. Because I actually thought... This is going to be really a good January surprise. Where did the guy who took down Channing Tatum in that scene disappear to? It's Michael Grello. 
What? Yeah, it's Michael Angarello. Like the, kid. the guy, the kid. Oh, jumped she on kid him? Yeah, yeah, that's oh, who I that was. was. Some other dude from like the bar area. No, 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 no. Like Kidd that's how was pretty he got funny involved. at the beginning. Oh yeah, where he's like, I'm hungover. I'm supposed to be on vacation. And yeah, I think Channing Tatum actually does a pretty good job. Uh, especially like there are a lot of great actors in this movie, and they do not all turn in good performances. Bill Pullman or Bill Paxton is like. Doing some weird, like every yeah. scene he's in, I'm just going. What are you, what? He has two lines of horrible dialogue. Oh, there are more him. than how worst line of dialogue in the movie, as far as I'm concerned, is. Oh no, more Leos. What's a Leo? Law enforcement officer. <laughs> Why is that in the movie? Like that was the moment, moment where I was like, oh yeah, this script is just fucking garbage. Dad, keep your eyes open. I've never had them close. Or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I yeah, no. been open uh, since you were watch, born. Watch yeah. your back or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh gosh. Uh, but and then, I liked Michael Douglas, and it. it's cool to see him in a movie again. He hasn't been in a movie while because you know he had cancer. Yeah, yeah that's for sure. He never sleeps. Michael Fassbender does a pretty good no, job. Yeah, I guess two years ago. <laughs> so the whole the whole part in in Dublin, I thought was yeah, that was, was cool. pretty exciting. Like the well, you know, when she was with Michael Fassbender, not the part where she found the dead dude that she rescued i wasn't really that shocked yeah that part that's yeah that part up. was weird but then <laughs> like how did he the get chase to that sequence, <laughs> the chase sequence it. after that is pretty cool i thought though it goes on for too long um and it it doesn't it's never quite smart enough yeah. like for most of that chase sequence i'm going like no she needs to take the hat off and turn her jacket inside out and you know move the bag so it's not on her back and that kind of stuff where i'm like no i'm smarter than this movie and i could do this better than she could and yes she can do the physicality of the role um but that i'm not impressed by that she's like, not I, jason Bourne running to yeah rooftops. yeah exactly like did it doesn't guys, come across did like you guys that notice that like when she went up the stairs and she was throwing all the stuff on the staircase when the guys and then when the team came in there was nothing yeah they there. didn't have to yeah there are smart moments like that where she tries to defeat the other people uh and then what she does isn't effective or isn't part of the movie and it's just it's thrown off i couldn't figure out like if it was like maybe she did it to a different staircase then why did they film her like doing that in the first place and later in that building she's she gets to the top of the stairs and she kicks open a door and i think oh this is smart she's gonna kick open this door and then go a different way and they're gonna think she's in there and then no she really she does go in there like and how do they know like, she I was thinking in that of, building because she ran well, she across still had and- the I thought she still had the tracker on her. Like, I thought, oh, this is all. She's going to find something to put the tracker on to get it away yeah, from her. She, like, we never saw her get rid of the tracker. Because she, she left her backpack at that store. Yeah. Oh, did she? Oh, okay. And so she yeah. was like, how did they know what she building she was in? Because she jumped across all these buildings. And... I wasn't under too much. She put on the hoodie. She had the hat on underneath it. And I was like, what are you Right. Doing? Why are you still wearing the hat? Yeah, so it's stuff like that where I'm like, no. Like, I justified it. The, it was like the way it was written wasn't face. good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Or her hair or something. That's what I was With thinking. But then, like, yeah. Like, the way that that chase sequence is shot, I think, is really cool. Like, there's one really good shot where uh, there she's running on the build, on the rooftops, and we see her, like, running between some stuff here, and then we see them burst out on a different building uh, from behind, and it's just sort of a... I don't know. They, there are little shots like that where he's paying attention to details. Oh, no, he's and making a cool, cool director, stuff, but... But it, it, the, the actual things that are going on in the movie, like, the stuff that I'm supposed to be holding on to are so weak that I don't give a shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was never I was like I don't care if they catch her like yeah. invest in this at all yeah. you know when he they, that kid was laying down in the back of the police car and she's like talking to him it's just bizarre. it's like he was talking to OnStar yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> well, and, then, and brings... then whatever happened to him he just, he's just gone didn't, didn't hear the phone call she made to Michael Douglas I never got if Michael Douglas was a bad guy or a good guy or he's playing both sides spoiler alert I guess he's good <laughs> yeah I guess he's good yeah 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 yeah, yeah that was weird part of yeah um, 
And that, what, to, what you bring up is 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 part of the fact that they her entire role is voiceovered. Um, they for some reason they didn't like her voice, and so they got they did some audio stuff, and it's not really clear what they did, but I heard they um, just altered her voice. No, it's not. Yeah, it, no, you can kind of tell every now and then that it's not quite. Well, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's not right, but, you know, um, it's... because she, it sounds like a voiceover actress. Like, yeah. I think as, like, I've heard that voice in, like, some video game or something. It reminded me of, you played this game, honey, Rogue Ops. Like, it was the same voice of that chick in that mm-hmm. game. Yeah, and it, it, um, I was telling Brad this after the movie, that there are lines that are delivered by that, by that character, and they're delivered the way that a voiceover actress would be trained to deliver them. They're emphasized the way that, uh, you would expect them to be heard out of an animated character or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. Um, and and it, that could be that it's not actually a voiceover that it's this weird they did something to the audio and that she's just not a very good actress and so she doesn't deliver those ri- lines quite, quite right but I don't think so I think that they pretty much voiceovered her whole role uh, because it sounds weird like it sounds like it's not in the in the audio properly like it it sounds like a narration talking to characters mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying yeah go to IMDb look it up oh look, look up, up the whether or not yeah Crew. Yeah, I, I tried to look when the actual uh, credits were going by, but it, I don't know if they would actually credit that person. Mm. Uh, Usually, IMDb has like un, uncredited listings, so yeah, uh, but not those don't always come up this early after a movie comes out. Um, but Michael Fassbender is charming. That's he all is. I know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, that's yeah, the thing with not, it, Steven Soderbergh's movies, though, is he hires tons of actors, really good ones, and they only do, like, four days of shooting. That's yeah. why he's able to get them all. Like, the Ocean's Eleven movies and stuff, and um, Contagion. You know, I think he said Gwyneth Paltrow worked on that movie for two days. And that is kind of, like, Contagion is four months ago. Like, yeah. no wonder this dude is talking about it retiring. He's he's doing a movie every four months. <laughs> yeah. like, he has two more coming out this year, I know that. Yeah. So it's every four months. If he had three yeah. movies, it'd be every four months. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not seeing anything that I. It, whoever the voice actress is, I have a feeling she is hidden somewhere in the in the credits as, you know, not, not as Mallory's voice, but as like uh, audio something something correction something. The cool um, thing about that girl, though, I did read that she did all her own stunts and all her own fighting. So that's pretty cool. Well, shoot, if she didn't. Why would you hire her to do it? Yeah, you know? I mean, I, I thought she kind of kicked ass. Yeah. No, I, yeah, no, she's great. Yeah, it's always cool to see women in those kind of roles where they just yeah. destroy men. Oh, yeah, and the fighting does feel different than yeah. than we've seen. Like before. it was believable. Like I said this before. Like when we watched Salt, Angelina Lee was super skinny and was wearing heels the whole time, but there's no way she could kick that dude's ass. But this yeah. chick, I believed it. Yeah, yeah, she looks like she was a marine at some point. Yeah, and she wore flat flat heel boots, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. I noticed those things. Yeah. Okay. Charlie's Angels, my running in stilettos. No, that you would not do that. But well, but that movie is is going for something different. You know, like this is trying to be a born identity movie, uh, though not succeeding. No. But for January, yeah, it's not worse. bad. Yeah. Would you rather watch Underworld or Red Tails? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I I'll be honest. I was really kind of wishing we were seeing Red Tails after reading that article because I wanted to see, I wanted to know, you know. Yeah. But you know, whatever. Haywire's all right. Yeah. No. No. I'm I mean, glad I saw it. I'll see it again when it's on TBS or something. Maybe. <laughs> I'm 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 gonna take a note somewhere because I still, it's gonna be 
an early contender, at least for me, as far as best score of the year, because that music is cool. Though it'll get disqualified because the score has nothing to do with the movie. <laughs> what was that? What? Anyways. <laughs> January is impressive for movies. Yeah, yeah no, it's not. It's, I mean, you know. it's, what are you going to do? But this isn't so bad. No. You know, at least there is a movie to go see every week for the yeah. next two weeks. What do we see next week, right? Um, it's just me and James next week because, Brad, where are you going to be? I'm going to Geek Bowl. Oh, that's right. Weren't you just there? What? Didn't you just go to Washington, D.C. like a week ago? That's not Geek Bowl, James. Oh. I'm going to Austin. He's going to a whole big trivia thing. Oh. Yeah. Isn't that why you went to Washington, D.C.? No, I went to Washington, D.C. to see a friend. Oh, okay. So. Never mind. Um, so, James, it's up to me and you. Um, we have The Gray. Okay. Man on a Ledge. Or One for the Money. So, it's The Gray. So, we'll be seeing The Gray with Liam Neeson because he has a cool voice. Yeah. Um, and the movie looks all right, except it looks like he's fighting wolves the whole time. I don't know. Yeah. It look it it looks different. Like yeah. I want to see it because I want to I want to know really what's going on. Yeah, it'll yeah. be all right. Could yeah. always be worse. Could be creature. Liam Neeson. Could be Twilight. It's not going to be creature. He's not going to kill the wolves with a sinkhole. Maybe, maybe he'll create I, a trap and the wolves something. will run into it and they'll go. Woo! <laughs> then they'll transform into Jacob and then we'll be like, yes, he's dead. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> and then he'd have to turn really stoically towards the camera and walk away. And then Edward would say something all whiny and bitchy is there going to be like a town meeting scene where all the wolves get together to plot against Liam Neeson because <laughs> that would be cool I forgot about that scene in that movie <laughs> Liam Neeson has to die he's going to give birth to I am Jacob part I am of Satan. grandson of this one wolf guy my grandpa was a chief <laughs> Liam Neeson is a dick and uh, yeah I won't see Man on a Ledge even though I, I love Elizabeth Banks I can't stand Sam Sam Worthington, Worthington because he's alright if he did just don't do an American accent, dude. You can't do it. Yeah. Just don't do it. The whole premise of that movie based on the trailer just looks ridiculous. It does. Reminds me of Phone Booth. Somebody Phone Booth, but except yeah, without but great actors. Great. <laughs> yeah. Kiefer Sutherland as a the voice is amazing. Yeah. And Colin Farrell is really good. So yeah, we'll see the gray. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be Should good. Should be fun. I thought of a uh, title for Die Hard Six. Yeah. Die Hardering. <laughs> Die Hardering. <laughs> Oh, nice. Man. Hey, you can like us on Facebook. You can also follow us on Twitter, real underscore nerds. You can also read our amazing blogs at realnerds.tumblr.com. You can also get some awesome barbecue sauce at your Ace Hardware stores, Birdman Barbecue. And yeah, that's about it. This has been a Nebulous Visions production. I am Ryan, and that's James, and that's Brad. And that's my wife. She's very beautiful. And Matt, he's from Colorado Springs. <laughs> oh, we're identity we're for now really on. falling down. We'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. All right, All right. no, dude, we're seeing one for the money. <laughs> I'm not seeing it, one it, for You guys want to hear my uh, we'll go see one David for the- Spade Hollywood minute? Do you guys remember that from the mid-90s from, you know, Saturday Night Live? No. And next week, uh, One for the Money comes out. I saw it the first time when it was called The Bounty Hunter. Oh, you <laughs> saw The Bounty Hunter. I did. Actually, I have a funny story about that. Uh, if you met my cousin Chad, right? No. Maybe. He's always out of town when I lived over there, but he's like the most manly guy ever. And one day I was at home and I was cooking and he came back and says, hey, you want to watch a movie with me? 
So yeah, sure. He said, I said, what'd you get? He said, the bounty hunter. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and we were disappointed. But looks you know, like they already rebooted it as one for the money. Well, but this is a, I mean, that's a, it's a There's also that Janet Al Pacino, Matthew McConaughey, two for the money movie. <laughs> so is this a prequel? <laughs> Maybe. Unintentional. <laughs> Unintentional. It's really, it's along the same lines as like Sahara, where they just want to start making movies out of a really popular writer's books. Yeah, I mean, so I'm sure that Janet Ivanovich is not as big of a bitch as what's his face, Catherine Heigl. No, <laughs> Clive Cussler. No, Clive Cussler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's also 18 of those books, so we can expect 18, 18 more Heigl Catherine movies. Heigl movies. But yeah, but they're putting it out in January, which is a clear sign that they think that Catherine Heigl isn't worth shit as far as bringing people to the movies. She's also a bitch, though. Have you like? I never met her, but... Well, no, I mean... <laughs> no, if you read articles about how she was on Grey's Anatomy yeah. before she left, how she thought she was more important than everybody else, and... Is that show still on? I, it is, I, I guess. I think so. 